Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Ellen Belandante is the founder and CEO of Deity Animal Rescue and is based in Los Angeles. After initially starting Deity as a jewelry line, she realized she could use the success that business was having to help raise money to rescue dogs. Already having worked as a volunteer in the rescue world, Ellen knew how much every dollar helps. Since then, the Deity Animal Rescue nonprofit has helped with hundreds of dogs. Ellen also has a partner in this pursuit, Lindsay Bird, who speaks during the end of the interview as well. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us today on Dog Save the People. Where are we speaking to you from? Um, thank you so much for having me. We are in You're Beverly welcome. Hills, California. Oh, nice. Yes. Very nice. Now, you've not always been in, in Los Angeles, right? Um, I spent the first part of my life in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So a good, a good Midwestern person. Yes. And I will always be, even though I've been in LA now 20 years, when I talk about yeah. home, it's Pittsburgh. I've been in New York for 30 plus years, but I'm always an Ohio boy. So oh. we share something in common. Yeah. Did you have dogs growing up? When I was seven years old, my brother was five, I was seven. And my mother looked at my father and said, we want a puppy. And my father said, <laughs> no, <laughs> not until the kids are older and they can take care of the puppy. And Paul and I looked at both of them and said, we promise we're old enough. We'll walk her. We'll clean up after her. And home came Courtney, who was a Lhasa Apso. And Beautiful. she lived to be 18 years old. She actually spent some time at college with me. But yes, I feel very blessed. She gave us 18 wonderful years. Wow, that's a gift. Yes. And then from there, when I graduated from college, I came home and I, you know, my mother, they had not gotten another animal. And I said, Mom, it's time. And she said, I can't do it again, Ellen. I'm sorry. I can't put my heart through that again. And at that point, I think I was 24 and I got in the car and actually ended up buying a dog, a black lab. Um, at the time, you know, there wasn't as much awareness around rescue dogs and, and rescuing versus buying. And I brought home this sweet, beautiful runt of the litter black lab puppy named Ruby. And she was our baby for the next nine years. Did she live with you or with your with your parents? So she lived with me until I decided that I was moving to Los Angeles. And the deal that I made with my mother was I'm going to go out there and get settled. And then I'm going to bring Ruby out. And my mom said, okay. Cut to probably two months later. I said, okay, mom, let's figure this out. How am I getting her out here? Um, I had a place that would take dogs. And it was just like the logistics of getting her from Pittsburgh to Los Angeles. And there was a pause and my mother said, um, forget about it. She's not coming. You left her here with me. She's my dog now. And too bad. And I, for, I was upset. Yes. But at the time I was still going home a couple times a year. So I knew I'd see her. And right. honestly, she had horrific hip dysplasia that we had been dealing with since she was 10 months old. And my mother and father's home was probably the best place for her to stay. It was just easy on her. And let's face it, she was living the good life as my mother's 
third child. So (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Yeah. After Ruby and the experience that we had with her being from a breeder and, you know, the receipt that I got from him, I was like, okay, these breeders, they're not all good. And that was like kind of the entry into the rescue world for me. And then moving out here, it was a bigger movement than it was in Pittsburgh as far as um, adopting versus buying dogs. So when I got out here, after a few months, a friend of mine said, there's a best friend event tonight. Would you like to go with me? And I said, yes. And within five minutes, I think of walking in the door, there was a 10-month-old Rottweiler lab puppy next to me. And I just remember taking the leash from the volunteer and getting down on the floor and loving up this sweet, sweet girl. And the next day I called and went to get her. My application was approved and that started the chapter of my life that was Gypsy. So how old was Gypsy when you got her? We think she was probably nine or 10 months old because I look back on the pictures and she was like this lanky puppy still. She was probably about 70 pounds when she was full grown with the big Rottweiler head, but you know, the lab leanness to her. Now, how did Gypsy impact your life once you once you adopted her? Gypsy was such a balanced soul. Not only dog. I mean, you get lucky, like even now that I'm in rescue, you know, we see all kinds of personalities and it only makes me um, think about Gypsy and how absolutely balanced and, you know, we don't use the term, we don't like to use the term bomb proof because nobody in the world is really bomb proof, but Gypsy was kind of pretty close. Um, This was a balanced dog that I could put in any situation. She was good with dogs. She was a nanny dog, good with kids. And to be honest, when I was, when I just moved out here and I was younger and single girl and, you know, boy problems and job problems and just, you know, your life is different when you're a young single girl in Los Angeles and trying to figure things out. And this dog would literally just balance me. I would look at her and somehow the world would be right. At the time I was um, also making jewelry and I would work late at night and Gypsy would be exhausted from her two hikes and, you know, big day. And she'd be laying at my feet, keeping my toes warm. And I just remember listening to her breathing. And that honestly set the beat to my work. I did a lot of handmade pieces with beads and I would I would count the beads and that would be like the design of the necklace. And a lot of that was based on just listening to her breath and the beat of her breath did so much to calm me and to get me into that Zen point of being able to relax and create. Wow. That's amazing. I know that for myself, when I've been working on design and I would have my dog, Tiny Tim, who was my first dog sitting with me. One, he just, he definitely calmed me. And then the other thing that you mentioned was just the feeling of the heartbeat. So just that idea, that visual of you with Gypsy at your feet and kind of that that synergy that you two created, but also trying to remember, capture, memorize Mm -hmm. every aspect of her. So Ellen, you began to design jewelry and that business began to grow and to take off. 
Yeah, I um, actually at some point was able to go full time mm-hmm. with the jewelry. I had also gotten married and was doing a lot of trade shows and running around. And I had always volunteered at the shelter and, you know, with running your own business, starting your own small business, my time became a little bit more precious. And then I got pregnant and had a newborn and obviously wasn't able to work as much or volunteer as much. And it it dawned on me during nap time, you know, I still need to do my part here for the animals. I still want to give back. So the jewelry line took on a turn. I did a lot of um, little paws and little necklaces that said adopt just so that I could donate the proceeds back to the different rescues that at the time I was volunteering for. So I didn't, you know, I could still be, I could still have a hand in it. I could still be doing something, even if it was from my dining room table. And then with the turn of online and social media, that became an option. And I was able to start selling online and doing everything from home and nap time. And it just really started to take off. But it was definitely, the two were merging, my love for animals and the jewelry itself, the creative line and the, and the love for animals was becoming one thing. I felt so blessed. I was like, oh gosh, like I can be trying to make a living here while also doing what I'm really passionate about, which is, you know, helping to save the lives of shelter dogs. When I was growing up, uh, my dad said, whatever you choose to do, I know that you want to give back. I know that you want to help out. If you can figure out what it is that you love to do, that's going to be the best way for you to, to eventually give back. And I and I really believe that. And I never forgot what he said. And so you're really doing that. Yeah. Doing something. You're very, very lucky in that sense that you have found this amazing passion and this and this love of, of animals and of rescue and that you've been able to harness your design gifts to give back. I mean, what better thing is that? Yes. And you, too. Are, we're very blessed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so your design business grew and grew, and and how did it evolve? Um, how did, that was a miracle. She's sitting here on my lap. She says hi. Hi, kid. <laughs> um, how did it evolve? Well, it kind of took a major turn with social media. Um, I got on Facebook mm-hmm. actually in two thousand and nine, maybe there's all my rescue friends already with their Facebook, uh, accounts. Yes. And I kept getting tagged on these dogs that, um, were urgent in the shelters. And yes. actually there was one dog that I got tagged on. I remember the day so clearly my son was two and a half and he was in preschool and this dog was set to be euthanized at 4 p.m. And I just remember getting in the car to go get my son and heading straight to the South LA shelter to pull this dog. I really had no idea what I was doing with the dog, but I, you know, I just felt this need. And lo and behold, on my way there, actually, my friend who ran a rescue said, go get the dog. We will take the dog under our rescue if you can foster the dog. And I said, thank you, thank you, absolutely, we're on our way. And we pulled this 
he was probably six at the time, and he was this Sharpe pit bull low rider guy who moseyed <laughs> out of the shelter. And I have this, I swear, my favorite picture in the world is my son, Nico, who's, I think he was four, holding the leash of this rescue dog who was just like, get me out of here. But like, you know, senior version. But um, we ended up taking the dog home. We named him Rafa, which is short for Raphael, which is Hebrew for, um, I guess it translated as like angel from God. And he was a, a big foster fail, if you would. <laughs> yes. Good for you. He walked himself into our house and never left. He actually became such a huge part of my life and the segue into full-on rescue mode, I guess you can call it. But just like Gypsy, he definitely was there for some humongous things that happened in my life. Had he not been there to kind of ground me, I don't know what I would have done. He was diagnosed with stage four mast cell cancer, and they gave him three months to live. And this was right after my father was diagnosed with cancer. My marriage went sideways. Another family member had major health problems, and this all happened, including his diagnosis within three weeks. And I just thought to myself, how am I going to live through any of this? And Rafa must have felt that because three months came and went. He was still with me. He was still by my side. He was still, you know, the one who I would sleep next to and, and hold on to. And he just kind of kept setting the world right for me. Nine months went by. He was still with me. And I swear he hung around long enough to get me to a place where he knew that I was going to be okay, that I got this. And he, when he did let go, I feel like the conversation that we had with our eyes while he was still, you know, in the final like hours that he was still with me, he looked at me and he said, you got this and it's my time. And it was like I said, you know, cause I had been there with gypsy once before, like he knew he was not scared. He got it. And it was horrible for me, but it was also, it gave me some kind of confidence that I had his vote of support that I could do this and I could handle this. And that for him, I had to move on. And I feel like through all this, he taught me so much about myself and about my strength and that there's so many dogs just like him that for other people, it, it would just be a crime not to help get them out. I would imagine that losing Rafa, as hard as it was, was in some ways helped by the fact that you had lost Gypsy and that you yeah. were, that you kind of knew the deal, knew the drill, but each one sounds very, very special. Yes, exactly. And they all take a little piece of your heart with them, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. So tell me about how Deity Animal Rescue was born. Ah, so... <laughs> Um, 
I'm laughing because my partner, my work wife is sitting next to me and this story always makes me cry. So I'm going to try and do it without crying. Um, In the midst of um, Rafa being sick and my father being sick, I was doing a lot of trips to Pittsburgh to be with my dad and I would go for weeks at a time. And I had already started the rogue version of Deity Animal Rescue, doing a few dogs here and there. Um, I had become a nonprofit, but, you know, I was a one-man, one-woman show at the time. And then when my dad got sick, I remember opening up my DMs, and there was this DM from this lady named Lindsay (laughs) who said, I just want to help you. And it was literally at a time when I was getting on a plane and had, you know, dogs at the vet who needed medical care, dogs in foster, like it was just stressful. And I said, okay. And we got on the phone and we met for coffee and I said, I'm leaving and here you go. (laughs) And she handled it. My stress level, having to go home and deal with my dad and not having to worry about the dogs here because Lindsay picked up all the slack meant so much to me. And um, at some point after my dad had passed and I was still in Pittsburgh, she called me one day and she said, my sister's going to take Alan to his neuter surgery. And I remember I was sitting in my family room and had the phone on speaker and was with my mom looking at each other. And I didn't really hear anything in her voice that was strange, but I was just like, okay, that's fine. Is it, are you okay? And Lindsay said to me, she said, well, she said, I've been having headaches. So Mike made me go get an MRI and I have a brain tumor and I'm going in for surgery tomorrow. You know, my mother and I just, our chins dropped. Just, I'm like, you are worrying about our rescue dogs getting to their neuter surgery tomorrow and you have a brain tumor. Like I was just like, I I couldn't believe it. And, you know, my heart broke for Lindsay and thank goodness the surgery was fine. The tumor was benign. And six weeks later, she reached out again and said, can we have coffee? And I said, of course. And she was doing hair at the time. And she said, let's do this. I want to do something that I'm passionate about. I want to do this. And I looked at her and I said, there's no money for either one of us, but let's do it. And she looked at me, she goes, it will come. So from that point on, we were a team. It's a sisterhood. Wow. Lucky you. So Lindsay, um, you're sitting right there as well. Yes. Oh, here. Yes. I'm here. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. Wow. What a story. How did you find Ellen on on social media? Had you started following her or... I just reached out to her over Instagram because for some reason I connected. And it's crazy that it was so random, I guess you can say. There's so many options, but our match is perfect. We are so yin and yang with each other and we are strong in areas where the other one isn't. And I can't imagine having reached out to another stranger and had this opportunity to create the life that we've created for our dogs and our rescue. This isn't a nine to five job. This isn't something where we see each other at work and then we'll see them the next morning. This is 24 hours where things are happening. Dogs need us. People need us. We need each other. We're deeply ingrained in each other's personal lives as well. And the fact that we feel like we were 
probably just sisters from other misters really helped, I think, (laughs) (laughs) throw this business into full speed. Now, when you talk about the business, are you guys talking about your retail enterprise as well? connected because 100% of the proceeds from our retail go to our rescue. So that started as Deity Jewels. And I was also doing jewelry when I reached out to Ellen, which made it seem even more meant to be. But that's kind of how it all started. So we really wanted a place to show the jewelry and it became very rescue oriented, very dog lover oriented. And with Ellen already donating a portion of the proceeds, it was a perfect transition into creating a retail space where people could buy things for themselves, for their dogs, for other dog lovers, and they were supporting rescue at the same time. Fantastic. Uh, Describe some of the products that you guys sell in in your boutique, in your retail space. Well, we have our own kind of private label for a lot of the stuff in our boutique. We have our jewelry line. We do a lot of little tiny paw charms and bar necklaces that say rescued heart, warrior heart, animal heart. Mm -hmm. Those are very popular. We do candles. We have like puppy breath and dog park and freshly peed on grass and wet dog wet dog yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i was i was just waiting for you guys to talk about the candles because the names of the candle fragrances are genius so i I, they're hilarious they don't really smell like that though i mean like the freshly peed on grass is very what citrusy and musky (laughs) lemongrass yeah and then the puppy breath is vanilla and coffee it's so good And then now we have our own line of deity merchandise. Um, And then otherwise in the store, we've collaborated. Like I said, um, everything's vegan. Everything's cruelty-free. We do a lot with women-owned brands. That's fantastic. I love that it's all vegan and cruelty-free. As a vegan, I, I just so appreciate that because there is a disconnect and it was i was certainly in that world of disconnects i had leather collars for my dogs etc but i love that it's it's all animals now i wanted to read this great quote that i read that lindsay i believe said and then oh ellen you add on so you guys say it's not a lucrative business but i'm definitely a million times happier doing this than when i was making a decent salary in the beauty industry and then ellen i believe that you then added on we're not rich we're not going to be rich but we're rich in love and rich in life, and so are the dogs we rescue. And that, I really think, sums it up. <laughs> that, I mean, I'm going to start crying now, too. I that know. is really just, I mean, it does. It, it sums it up for what you guys sound like you're doing, it, but it also just sums it up for so many people in this world. So where can we find you on social media? You can find us on Instagram at Deity Animal Rescue, and our website is deitydogsandgoods.com. I am so grateful to both of you for sharing your story with me today. And um, thank you so much for all the beautiful work that you're doing. You're welcome. And thank you, John. Back at you. I really enjoyed talking to Ellen as well as hearing from Lindsay about how they've taken on this rescue path. And you can hear it in their voices, how much it truly means to them. I love that Ellen took her craft of jewelry that she was so passionate about and found a way to combine that with her love for animals and rescue. She's created this beautiful marriage between the two, where she can help out through her talents and efforts in her own special and unique way. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.